Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. And we're going to talk just a few moments today and we're going to close out this series, Kingdom Come. We've been talking about God's kingdom coming in power in our life. One more time, say this is the place, now is the time. Now, this last one you have to say with a little bit of attitude. Say, I am the one. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the one. When you finally believe that you are called and you are chosen, you are anointed, and that God is an assignment for your life, something happens in you. There's a revelation that God is for you and not against you, that he has chosen you and he has set you up for better places. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, you did not choose me I chose you. He goes on in that chapter to tell them as long as they're connected to him, they would bear fruit. He said by the end of that chapter, they would bear much fruit. And when you realize that God's intention for us is to prosper, God is developing a kingdom culture around you so that you can live out a kingdom agenda, speak with a kingdom language, walk in a kingdom vision, and see a kingdom prosperity in your life. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean prosper? God wants you in every area of your life because sometimes we get the whole prosperity message out of balance it's not about you having more stuff it's about you having more God and when you have as much God as God intends for you to have you can have more stuff because the stuff doesn't have you And God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. And when you realize that Jesus in Matthew was teaching his disciples and he was trying to build a people that could live out a kingdom agenda when the kingdom of God was not just released in the earth, but released in them. And he tells them in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it first and all these things shall be added to you. You say, well, pastor, what is the kingdom of God? I've told you for the last several weeks, it's God's rule and reign. Psalm 103 in the Old Testament says, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom reigns over all. In the Old Testament, God had a house for his people. They met at a temple, a tabernacle, And they would visit with God through a mediator and their sins would be rolled ahead. Worship would be offered and God had a place where his people would assemble. In the New Testament, he had a people for his house. In the Old Testament, a house for his people. In the New Testament, a people for his house. You are the house of God. You are the temple of God. You are the tabernacle of God. When we come into an old grocery store, this ground becomes holy because you are here. And the presence of God marks this place because of your arrival. If we did not inhabit this place, it'd be just another place of real estate. Now, I believe when we showed up and God assigned us to this location, it is now a sacred place because there are many temples that meet in this one house. There are many 
many tabernacles that come and they carry the presence of God with them. And when you walk in this house, this old grocery store is now transitioned and transformed into a place of worship. We're no longer selling food and diapers and all this stuff, but now we're spreading a message of hope. We are hope dealers and we are spreading the message of hope to those that need hope. And when you walk in this place knowing that the presence of God is at rule and reign and that we are after the kingdom of God, you know the Bible says that everything else will fall in place. Now watch what happens. I didn't share this in the last services, but but we find that the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible said she crawled into a crowd, grabbed the hold and grabbed hold of Jesus' garment at its very hem. Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? Those around him said, are you crazy? They're running us over. And you want to know who touched you? They're thronging us. They're about to trample us. And Jesus said this, many throng me, but someone touched me. Yeah, they are about to run us over, but somebody crawled in this crowd and they reached up and touched me because I felt healing power leave my body. He said, somebody touched me with faith. Now watch what happened. Jesus told her to arise. She could be hid no more. And this is what he said to her. Go, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now what she was needing healing and Jesus spoke a word that, that simply meant that, that you're walking into a season where you lack nothing. You spent all your money on the doctors. God's going to give it back to you. You, you. Your family is broken from this last season. God's going to heal your family. You're walking in a mindset of fear because everywhere you've went, you, you found no hope. God's going to put you at peace. Every area of your life, she came for a healing. She just sought after Jesus. She's heard that Jesus was in the midst. If I can just get to Jesus, everything will work out. When she grabbed the hem of his garment the bible said not only did she receive her healing jesus said she was made whole and there are some of you all you've got to do is determine in your mind you're going to get to jesus and if i get to jesus everything else will work out if i can just get to jesus the family situation will work out if i can just get to jesus my finances will work out if i can just get to jesus those troubles that i've been battling and those fears in my mind and that heaviness and that depression if i can just get to jesus Jesus, everything else will work out. Anybody thankful for Jesus in this room today? He began to teach them about this kingdom that he was establishing in Matthew chapter 6. The whole chapter is about the kingdom of God and our heart being positioned for the kingdom of God. And in this same chapter, he teaches them how to pray. We've been reading this and declaring this for the last several weeks. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Or so be it. He said, when you pray, pray like this. He begins to teach them about the kingdom of God and when it arrived, that it comes and is given by a father who lacks nothing. He has it all. You are holy. You are complete. You lack nothing. And when your kingdom arrives, your plan and your will begins to unfold in my life. See, you're at the right place at the right time and you are the right people. And if you ever have the revelation that everything you need has already been declared, he told Jeremiah before you were ever in your mother's womb, I knew you. You're a prophet to a nation. You're going to speak a word to people that need deliverance and need hope. And Jeremiah said, are you talking to me? I'm just a young man. He said, oh, do not say you're a young man. If you could 
could see what I see. I see you in your future and you look much better than you do right now. And there are some of you in this room, God sees where you're going and you look better in your future than you do right now. You are victorious in your future. You're an overcomer in your future. You're healed in your future. You're put back together in your future. Your family is turned around in your future. Somebody thank him like he has taken you somewhere in a new season and he's going to do a new work. He began to teach him how to pray. He said, the will of God will arrive with the kingdom of God. The plan and the purpose. You're here today on purpose for purpose. You didn't just stagger in this room. You just didn't end up in Tampa, Florida. God knew where you would be in this season of life. Even if you desire to be somewhere else, embrace where you are right now because God wants to work in your life. Even if this is not the town, the place, the city, or maybe even the church you want to be in, embrace where you are right now because God wants to do a work in your life. Because when you embrace the now God begins to work. When you embrace the moment and the place and the time of where you're at, it allows the work of God to be established in your life. And when you realize that I'm the one, I've got an assignment in the earth that no one else can carry out. God's got something specific for me, for my husband, for my wife, for my children, for my family. God has given us an assignment to carry in the earth. Something happens. There's a revelation that explodes. And it causes things. He said, when the kingdom comes, his will is done. But then he said this, pray that daily provision would be released. Daily bread. That, that doesn't mean that you get a mentality. If I can just get through today, it'll all work. You don't get a day-by-day mentality. I believe this. When God gives you truly daily provision, it is what is given to you. So if you steward it well, it will procure a harvest in your future. If you steward the daily provision well today, it will secure your tomorrow. That's why you have to worry. You don't, the Bible says, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. I'm giving you enough today that'll release your tomorrow. I'm giving you enough today to produce a harvest in your your tomorrow. I'm giving you enough today to set you up for it tomorrow and for generation. He said, when I get my day, you have to learn how to steward your daily bread well. Now, sometimes we get what he has given us today and we, we, pond, we, we squander it and we, we, we are not good stewards of it. But when you are a good steward of what God gives you today, it sets you up for it tomorrow. That's what he said. He said, the will of God comes, daily provision is released. But then he said, when you pray, pray like this. Forgive me my debts or the trespasses or the sin or the things I've done that are not right. As I forgive those who have trespassed against me. Now watch, everything up to this point is on God. Everything that in this prayer that needs done, God will do. And then there is a personal responsibility. I believe Jesus put this in there because he knew this. If you were not willing to release others as God has released you, it would stifle the daily provision in your life. It would silence the plan of God in your life. Why? Because people that live in a realm of forgiveness, they always have a bridge to new seasons. They always have a bridge to a place called hope. Those that live under the redemptive work of the cross, they always live with a bridge to greater places. But those 
those that walk in a place where there is a lack of forgiveness and those that are bound in isolation, not willing to let go, they live in a prison. Even though they seem free in the natural, they are in prison and it stifles the plan of God. It silences the voice of God and it keeps them from walking out and living and flourishing in the daily provision. So Jesus said this, when you pray, I want you to ask forgiveness, but I also want you to release people and let them go because Jesus illustrated this on the cross. When he was on the cross, he picked up a cross. He, he carried it up a hill, finally falling beneath the lay. They helped him get to the top of the hill. He was beaten. He was hurting. There was a crown of thorns on his head. They put a sign laughing and mocking him. They were spitting upon him. Everything they could do to Jesus, they did. They put him between two common thieves and mockery. They hung him on a cross, which was the worst and cursed place of the day. But Jesus looked down from the cross and the Bible said he declared these words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I believe this is what he was saying. This is the reason I came. This is my destiny and my purpose. This will be the bridge for all humanity and I'm not going to let what they do stop me from my destiny. I'm not going to let how they hurt me stop me from where I'm going. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. All of us have a moment in our life where we have to look down from the place of hurting and look out from the bondage and the prison of life and the brokenness of where we are and say, Father, I'm going to release him because I am not going to live in a prison. I'm not going to let what happened 10 years ago silence my tomorrow. I'm not going to let what happened last year silence the voice of victory in my life. Jesus looked down and said, oh, this is not going to silence the purpose of my life. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then he looked to the heavens and declared, it is finished. He hung his head and he died. They took him off a cross, put him in a grave, and on the third day he rose up with resurrection power. Sometimes God says, if you only knew what was on the other side of the grave, if you only knew what was on the other side of the battle, if you only knew what was on the other side of the hurt, Father, I release them in the name of Jesus. They will not stop me from my purpose. Why did Jesus put this in here? Because lack of forgiveness, it will silence the voice and the plan of God in your life. Then he said, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When you allow God to have a redemptive work in your life and you close all the doors and all the portals that the enemy has access to speak to your mind, then you can say, Father, keep me walking on the right. Do not let me move into temptation, but lead me in your path of righteousness for your name's sake. Because even in the valley of the shadow of death, I can keep walking and you can lead me. And this is what happens. He said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Jesus said in the gospel that he was giving us keys to a kingdom. He tells us in Matthew chapter 16. He said, I'm giving you keys to a kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth. And this is what happens. When you take the key, I have a key and I don't carry it very much because I'm afraid I'm going to have to open a door for somebody. But I've got what they call a master key. Now we don't give everyone master keys. We give some people keys that will unlock small group rooms or certain areas or cafes or other places, you know, according to the area they may have oversight. 
But very few people have a master key. A master key will get you into every area. It will get you into places where we have records and computers and uh, into places that we just don't normally let everyone go. But, but the master key will unlock every door in this building. It will unlock both campuses. I have a master key. And I've been given that key because I have a place of authority in this church. And you see what happens, Jesus said, I'm giving you a master key because you have an authority in the kingdom. And whatever, not just some things, but whatever, all things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you need loosed here on earth, if you need healing, it's at your disposal. If you need restoration, it's at your disposal. If you need freedom, it's at your disposal. If you need favor, it's at your disposal. Whatever you need, I'm giving you the master key so you can walk up to the door and there's some of you you need to take the key and walk over to the door and release those that hurt you and let them out and say no more will you torment my mind I'm walking in a place of freedom some of you need to unlock the door of provision and let the goodness of God start blessing your life some of you just need to receive the word of God in your life and unlock the door of affirmation and say Lord if you declared it over me I accept it and I am going to walk in it he said I'm giving you a key wine Because when you understand the power of this prayer, first of all, prayer is a conversation. You need to have a conversation with God. Now, you don't need to speak to God in old King James. I don't talk to Casey that way. She doesn't talk to me that way at home. We don't, it's not, how was thou day? And, you know, know, we don't talk to, you know, we don't talk to each other. We just talk to one another. Now, my kids, you know, I don't talk to them that way. Sometimes it is a loud conversation from the living room to their room. When me and my daughter were having this conversation, she yelled back, just text me. I said, no, come out of your room and talk to me. We don't have, you know, here, but, but what I'm saying is this. I just talk to them because I'm in a relationship. So you just need to talk to God. God, I need you today. I'm walking through a tough spot. I need to hear your voice. I need you to speak. I need you in my life. I need you in this marriage. I need you in these finances. I need you in this battle. I need you in this journey. I need you to rule and reign because, Father, without you, I am a mess. Father, I need you to show up and open some door. I need you to close some door. Father, I need you to move some people on. I need some right voices in my life. And we just start talking to God. Why? Prayer is a conversation. When you understand that prayer is a conversation but it is not only a conversation prayer is a weapon at your disposal the bible says you are a mighty weapon in god to the pulling down of strongholds and when you realize that in your prayer you become a weapon and a force for the kingdom because the minute you open your mouth as a believer and the minute you begin to do the right thing i love in the book of acts the bible said the bible said these men they were walking now in a kingdom power they were full of kingdom power and the bible said in acts something began to happen happen a man that had laid by a gate for 40 years stuck he now is healed and he leaps through the gate as we talked about it last year and the next thing you know we find the people of God they are in jail we find that now they are in court and religious people religious people begin to testify against them saying they were healing in Jesus name they were preaching in Jesus name they were doing things that were not right even accused them of witchcraft and trying to incite a riot And finally, one of them looked around and said, you know, I don't know if any of these charges are going to stick. And if they do, we might have a riot. Because the guy with them was the man that had an issue for 40 years that sat by a gate. And this is what the Bible said. The Bible said, 
All they could do is say, you know what? We can't find any charges that will stick and we can't really find any accusations that are true, but we can tell these men have been with Jesus. They let them go. The Bible says in Acts chapter four, they go back to their own people. We're not gonna read it, but they go back to their own people in verse 23 and the Bible starts telling us how they go back. They did not go back complaining. They did tell what had happened, but then the Bible says as they gathered, they begin to pray. And the Bible said they begin to pray. And they didn't start saying, God, you know how mean these people are. You know what they're doing. You, you know what they're saying about us. You know they're spreading lies. They just said, Father, you know who they are. They did the same thing to Jesus. They got together and falsely accused him. And Father, they only had the power that you gave them. They said, Father, they could only go as far as your will would let them go. They couldn't go any further than that. So Father, we need you to show up. We need your healing power. We need your provision. We need you, Father, to pour out your spirit and the bible said when they got done praying that the place where they where they were assembled began to shake and the bible said they were all filled with the holy spirit now what you have to understand these men had just been filled in acts chapter 2 but they needed refill with the power of the holy spirit and the bible said when they got done praying they weren't complaining they were praying they were not there just telling god how bad it was they were praying they were not just telling god how bad the situation looked they were talking about his awesome power that they were expecting to be on display and the Bible said when they got done they declared and we pray this in the name that is above every name the mighty name of Jesus and the house began to shake and the heavens began to open and the Holy Spirit was poured out I'm praying that as we rise up and we quit complaining and we start praying and we quit just talking about how bad it is but we start talking about how good God is I believe the heavens are about to open and that presence of of God is getting ready to shake some places and God is getting ready to refill some people with this spirit and with this power and with this authority thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever amen come on jump to your feet this afternoon put your hands together Now watch this. The Bible said they were all filled. They were filled in chapter 2. They were filled in chapter 4. They were filled in chapter 6, chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 11. The Bible said at a midnight hour, Paul and Silas, they began to pray because the tank was empty and God began to shake the jailhouse and pour out a spear. I have a vehicle, and it's a rather large vehicle, and it, it, it takes a lot of gas. You know, the, when I bought it from the dealership, they didn't fill it up. Well, they did fill it up, but they filled it up but, but it wasn't the last time it had to be filled up. They didn't give me the keys and say, you know what, this car is such a nice car, you never have to fill the car up again. It wasn't long leaving that dealership. I not only had to pay the payment, but I had to fill the car up. And because it's a big car and a large vehicle, it consumes more gas. The larger your vision is, the more... The more you're believing for God to do in your life the more of his spirit. Now I'm telling you, if you have a Prius faith and you just show up once every other Sunday hoping it's going to be all right, but when you're believing God for some big things, 
And when you're believing God for some big vision, and we're, you're trusting God for some big miracles, and you're believing for God in some places that only he can work, you continually have to pull in and fill your vehicle up and say, Father, refill me with your presence. Father, I need your power. I need your authority. But as I'm believing for big things, there's some in this room that God just wants to refill with this spirit. There are others that God says, I've got a plan. I've got provision. I've got a purpose. But you hold the key to the next season. Because there's things in your life, even though you're a child of God and been forgiven, you've not released those that have trespassed against you, even though you have been released. But here's the good news. You're the jailer. There's some of you, you've been given the key, and it's a master key, and you've had it for a long time. But the thoughts of 10 years ago, they were supposed to stay, but they left. They were supposed to protect me, but they hurt me. They were supposed to cover me. But they exposed me to things that were not right. And I'm not, I'm not making light of how you've been hurt. But I don't want the hurt of years ago or maybe in a last season to keep you from a next season. Because here's the reality. Forgiveness is a bridge to places I have never been. But the lack of forgiveness imprisons me to where I've already been. Repentance, the Bible said, allows the presence of God to come in and refresh me and build a bridge to places I have not yet walked. But a lack of forgiveness keeps me changed to that place and that season I've already experienced. The season of hurt, the season of isolation, the wounds, the, the places, whether it's people or friends or family members or even churches. And we stay chained there. And God says, do you understand? I've got a provision beyond what you know. I've got a purpose beyond what you can comprehend. But unless you become the warden and take the key and release that place, it will silence. Oh, you can get to the gate, but you're stuck. You know, last week we talked about a man that had an ugly problem. But you know where he was sitting? At a gate called Beautiful at a beautiful place, but an ugly problem. And some of us, God says, oh, if you only saw what I could see, if you only knew what I know about you, if you only understood the future that I am holding, but you have to understand, as much as I have provision and a plan and a purpose and a kingdom at your disposal, I've given you the key. So the one thing I'm asking you to do, as you have been forgiven, you need to open the door and let those people out. You need to let those things out because they're right here in your mind and in your spirit. And every time you try to get through the gate, it pulls you back. And every time you try to soar into new places, it yanks you down. And every time you try to move to a new level, it causes you to be suppressed and stay at the level that you're at. But God said, oh, it's a new season. And what kept you stuck in 2018 will not defeat you in 2019. What tried to destroy you in the last season will not be the thing that identifies you in the next season. So get ready. Get ready. When we begin to move and we begin to grab hold of what God has, 
We begin to take it. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. It's just simple. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, I'm unlocking it with the key that I've been given. Father, I know that I have been forgiven. So the same way I've been forgiven, I'm willing to forgive. And everything I need in this moment that will declare my future, give it to me. And Father, keep me on the right path and keep me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.